This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and, if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, you might remember a couple of months ago, Catherine Ross, trustee of Sustainable St Albans, joined us here on Environment Matters and asked if we'd fill in the St Albans Residence Climate Emergency Survey being run by St Albans Climate Action Network Coalition. The St Albans Climate Action Network is a coalition of local organisations including Sustainable St Albans, St Albans Friends of the Earth, St Albans District Council and ACOM. The survey's now closed and Catherine's had a chance to analyse the results. She joined me to share some of the findings and I started by asking her, with 120,000 people living in the district, was she pleased with the 631 responses? Yes, we were pleased with that. We understand that some other local surveys have had lower rates than that. So we think to get over 600 is a good number. And also remembering that it took about 10 minutes for people to complete the survey. So it's a it's a degree of commitment, the fact that over 600 people cared enough to give us their views. Now, your first question were about whether people were concerned about the climate crisis and the linked crisis for biodiversity. Were they showing concern there? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is one of the key things that has come out of this survey is that the vast majority of respondents, so 86% of people were either worried or very worried about the twin crises for climate and nature. Uh, 56% said that they were very worried. So that's half of the residents that replied. Okay, that does seem a lot, doesn't it? A high level of concern there. Um, So only 43% were aware that St Albans District Council had declared a climate emergency. Did, did that surprise you? It did, although to be fair, there was about another quarter who said that they were vaguely aware of it. But yes, it did surprise me. I thought particularly the kind of people that might have taken the time to fill in this survey would probably be aware. And I think it just, it's illustrated to us what a big job there is communicating these issues and communicating the importance of them and communicating the action that's already going on and that needs to go on. It really brought that home to me, what a big job we have to get this message over to everyone. Okay. And although, you know, not that many people said that they knew about the um, declaration of a climate emergency, there was quite a lot of support for it, though, wasn't there? Yes, three quarters of people said they were very supportive and another 15% of people said that they were supportive. So overall, you know, nearly everybody that replied are supportive of the fact that the council have declared a climate emergency and set a target to get to net zero. Okay, And you must actually find that quite reassuring. Very much. It shows that our council can proceed confidently, I think, knowing that the people of St Albans District care about this issue and support them in taking action. Okay. Now, next, you asked about actions that the council should take to reduce carbon emissions. Which actions proved most popular with respondents? Yes, so we asked about a really wide range of things. And every action that we asked about, the majority of people were supportive of. So I think that shows you what a wide wide spectrum of support there is for action by the council. So the ones that came at the very top of the list were to plant more trees and protect existing trees, to ensure that new buildings meet high environmental standards, rewilding parts of parks and green spaces, and making it easier to get planning permission for changes that make buildings more energy efficient. 
Okay. And how about the things that were a bit less popular? Yeah, so I think it's important to say that even the ones that came out as less popular, still the majority were supportive of. Uh, but the ones that came, the, the three that came at the bottom of the list were all things to do with, with driving, uh, which I think shows you what an in, intractable issue it is to, to work out how to get about our district without using our cars. So the three that came at the bottom were the 20 mile per hour as a default speed limit, creating a low emission zone in the city centre and varying parking charges so that less polluting vehicles pay less. As I say, the three of those, they still did have majority support and only a very small percentage uh, actually against them. Um, But people need viable, positive alternatives as to ways to get around. They need more affordable public transport. They need better cycling infrastructure if they're to make that switch that they want to make. Yeah. So next, there were personal actions um, which we had taken and which we would like to take but couldn't. What kind of things were suggested on the survey and what came out top? So the suggestions that we asked people about were based very heavily on the 16 highest impact steps people can take as set out in the Count Us In International Framework. Uh, So those are things like driving electric, greening your money, installing solar panels, eating more seasonally, repairing and reusing items, the 16 of them. And if you go and look at Count Us In, you can see the whole list there. We asked about those and we also added in one on nature, which was about leaving areas of your garden wild. Uh, And we had a really good uh, supportive response. So a lot of people were already taking steps, which was great to see. And then we asked people, is this a step that you would like to take? And the ones that came out highest in terms of things people would like to take are the electric car, greening their money, installing solar panels and installing heat pumps. Okay. And and did it surprise you that those ones came out top? I think it, it didn't surprise me in a way in that a lot of the things which people had already done are the slightly easier, uh, low cost things. So like cutting your food waste or uh, walking, walking and uh, cycling more, uh, dialing down your central heating, things you can just get on and do very simply. The ones which were toward the top in terms of people would like to do them, but they haven't done them yet, tend to be ones where there's a bit more of a capital outlay. And also it's slightly more complicated to decide how to go about taking those steps. Okay. And and that kind of thing was covered in your next question, which was talking about the barriers to taking these personal carbon cutting actions. What did people give for reasons why they're not taking these actions at the moment? Yeah, so there are barriers. And you, you won't be surprised that the first barrier really is around the, the cost of some of these actions. Uh, the the expense of, of doing things like buying an electric car, installing solar panels, heat pumps, um, even though those steps will pay back over time, you still need to have that upfront investment. And a lot of people mentioned the lack of government incentives and, and grants, for example, because the feed-in tariff for solar panels has been taken away. But interestingly, even it came up even more often than cost was people needing more information needing to know where they can get reliable advice from, needing to know uh, who the local installers are, who they should trust, and wanting case studies of houses like theirs who had already made a change. 
Then people mentioned uh, some infrastructure issues which stopped them making changes. So, for example, the lack of enough safe uh, cycle lanes to be able to feel that they could get out on their bike with their family to go into town uh, or the lack of EV charging if they were a resident who didn't have a driveway. And then there were also a range of kind of specific personal circumstances. So, for example, uh, people who said that they were in a rental property um, and so they needed their landlord to take action or that they just didn't have the time it took to look into doing some of these things. Okay, so probably not too much of a surprise with some of those, but the the, the one about information perhaps is, is quite an interesting one there. Yeah, I think it really came home to me how important it is to get information out there, expert advice that people can trust about what steps to take and vitally how to take them. So things like knowing about local installers. Okay, so... Um, The last question was asking respondents if they'd got sort of a big ticket idea, you know, something, oh, give us your idea and let's, you know, just something off the wall. What did people come up with there? Yeah, it was so so exciting reading it, really, because we had, oh, I think it was over 300 different ideas that people posted. that people put into the into that section of the survey. Uh, so kind of summary of the themes that came up, a lot of them were about transport. So uh, cycling facilities, electric ch- car charging facilities, improving public transport. There were suggestions about rewilding in the gardens, in, in the district, suggestions about how we can move ahead with eco homes and retrofitting our houses. Uh, quite a lot of really lovely ideas about how we could promote people sharing resources So, for example, having a library of things, uh, suggestions around things like upcycling workshops so that people could learn how to to fix and reuse their things, Um, suggestions about community energy schemes where the community invests in having solar panels on a community building, and lots of suggestions about campaigns that could be run, like having a a carbon-free day in the district or uh, regular road closures in the centre of town. Well, so it's it's obvious that people really put quite a lot of time and thought into this survey. Um, what's the take home message for, for you and, and how will these results be used? So to take the second of those first, uh, clearly we're looking at them in terms of sustainable St Albans trustees so that we can learn and inform our work and so are other local groups. Um, but the main thing we're doing is we're taking the findings to the St Albans District Council Climate Advisory Group and we'll be feeding those in to their next meeting in June so that the council can hear what local people are saying. And the two big messages I've certainly taken away from it are in terms of the the council taking action that their residents are behind them, uh, that local people care about the climate crisis and the crisis for nature and that they support the council taking action. And the second thing that I've really taken away from it was how many residents are saying that they want to take climate action personally and that they're already doing a whole range of things. But to do those next steps, those bigger steps, they need to know how. Uh, And for that, they need information about reliable advisors and installers. I was talking there to Catherine Ross, trustee at Sustainable St Albans. Now, you'll have heard when Catherine was talking there that she talked about count us in. And I went on to ask Catherine about this. In the 16 weeks leading up to the crucial climate change talks in Glasgow in November, St Albans Climate Action Network are inviting us to take 16 steps to reduce our personal carbon footprint. 
I started by asking Catherine why we're being asked to take these steps. We are calling on people all across the district to make the changes that matter, to protect, to protect what we love um, in our district, in our, in our country, because the pressing issue of climate change and the extreme weather events it's bringing is an issue for today and and we all need to take action okay um and uh, and and why have you tied it in with the the glasgow climate talks we think it's a great opportunity because people will be hearing about it in the media they'll be reading about it in their newspapers schools will be talking about it uh, and we think it's a great moment to focus people's minds that international world leaders are coming together in November and so in the run-up to that they're deciding what action to take uh, at that kind of international political level but most of us can't can't influence that in any way but we can make changes in our own lives. So we're saying, right, what can we do locally? Let's focus on taking those steps that have the most impact in terms of the carbon emissions that we have from our daily lives and and make those changes, uh, trusting that our politicians will come together in November and and make those big international declarations that we know are so badly needed. Yes, indeed. Fingers crossed there. So why 16 steps? The we have uh, we've tied our campaign in with a really great worldwide campaign called Count Us In. Count Us In is really well researched and really well backed. And what they have done is they've identified the sixteen steps which people can take that are the most effective way to reduce your own carbon pollution and to persuade other people to do the same thing. So that's why we're saying, right, let's get behind that locally and say as St Albans residents, we can take these 16 steps. Okay, so can you explain to us how Count Us In works? Yeah, so if you go onto the website, the countusin.org website, uh, you can go in and you can see the 16 steps. You choose one that works for you. So for example, I'm looking at them now, there's fly less, drive electric, insulate your home, wear clothes to last, green your money, cut food waste, walk and cycle more, tell your politicians, repair and reuse, dial it down, speak up at work, talk to friends, get some solar, switch your energy, eat seasonal and eat more plants. So you pick one that's going to work for you. Maybe you think, all right, today's the day I'm going to switch my energy. So you click through on that step on the website. It tells you a little bit more about that step. It tells you why it makes a difference. And if you think, right, I'm ready to do this now, you click the button that says take this step. Then you need to uh, register with the website that like any of these websites, you know, it takes you a a minute or so to register. If you tick when you're doing that, tick that you want to join the team St Albans Climate Action Network, then your step will be registered on our St Albans page and we'll be able to see how many people in the district are taking steps. And one of the lovely things about the Count Us In thing is it then sends you reminders. So I signed up for a step a couple of months ago. It sent me an email at the time. It sent me another email a month later going, just reminding you, you've committed to do this step. And then as it came up to that two month deadline, it sent me another one going, have you done your step? And I was able to click and say that I that I had. Uh, and that's how the system then records the carbon impact that you're having. Uh, so it's just a really lovely system. And because we've now got our own St Albans area on their website for the St Albans Climate Action Network. We can see how many local people are taking steps. We can see the carbon impact of that in our district. 
Okay, that sounds brilliant. So it really does feel like we're all working towards Team St. Tolbans, which is putting in a in a big effort, as you say, leading up to the climate talks. Um, so you're giving us some help with taking these 16 steps. Can you tell us what you've got planned? So what we're planning is that for 16 weeks from the middle of July through till just before those international climate talks in November, each week we're going to focus on one of the steps. So we found a local person who really knows about that step, who's going to write a blog and that'll be coming out and you'll see it on our website and uh, the other members of St Albans Climate Action Network. We're going to do social media through that week, uh, linking people through to the blog. And we'll also have resources on our website, which will help people take each step. And we'll be putting those resources out through social media as well. So each week you'll get a little focus on one of the steps for 16 weeks and you'll find out how to go about doing it. Lovely. A little bit of hand holding there then. And you've got an event to launch this. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, so it's on Thursday, the 8th of July. In the evening at 7.30pm, we're doing a launch on our Countdown to COP campaign. And we've got a range of really interesting speakers from around the world and nearer to home. They'll tell you about why these international climate talks are so important. They'll tell you about the COP campaign and they'll tell you about Count Us In and how to get involved. And if people would like to come along, they can find all of the details on our Sustainable St Albans webpage if you go into the events section. Catherine, thank you very much indeed for telling us about that. Oh, thank you for letting me share the word. And I'm delighted to say that an expert on each of the 16 steps will be joining Nick Hazel on Verulam in the morning to give us some tips to coincide with the advice that Sustainable St Albans will be posting. Now, I'll make sure that all of the links from today's show will be in the notes that accompany the podcast and can be found at the podcast page of RadioVerulam.com. I'll be back at the same time next week, but until then, thanks for listening.